Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. My name is Florian, and while being a business teacher at a university in Taiyuan in 2007, I learned two very important things about myself. First, starting a full-time career as a teacher would absolutely not be what I consider as a fulfilling career, at least not during that time. Second, China is a really fascinating country, and the deep wish was born to spend some more years here. Well, due to missing language skills and professional experience. I did not find any satisfying opportunities during that time, though. So I went back to Germany and started my career in the financial industry. Still, the dream of coming back to China—it just did not vanish. So when I got the offer for a scholarship program with the German Academic Exchange Service in 2012, I returned. At first, it was planned as a sabbatical, but well, I'm still here and not planning to leave soon. How did the scholarship program influence your career today? Well, the scholarship program is really one of the most amazing programs that I ever heard of, and actually, a lot of the other students at the university, they really were envying for、uh, envying us、uh, for that one pretty much. In German, it's called Sprache und Praxis in China, and in English, that would be loosely translated into Language and Practical Training in China. Basically, it starts with one semester studying Chinese at the Beijing Foreign Studies University. I know that some people, especially when they are later in their careers,、uh, they think that learning Chinese and、uh, not being able to speak Chinese is not really important. But at least, in my opinion, if you are a young professional without like a big management track already, then speaking Chinese is one of the things that can distinguish from、uh, from other people. So, in my opinion, if you are a young professional, it is highly recommended to learn some Chinese. Um, the second thing is during this studying time, you also do a lot of company visits and presentations. And、uh, I had really a very good impression about the very diversified professionals and managers who were sharing their experiences in these talks with us. In the end, after this、uh, nine months of studying, you go into some kind of internship for six months. So,、um, internship sounds、uh, mostly not that interesting, but it really depends on the company and the kind of project that you will be doing. For me, it was a very, very interesting strategy project in the area of healthcare, and it was for myself the,、uh, the proof of my capability that I would be able to work in Chinese afterwards.、And、that also helped me a lot in finding a job in the job market afterwards. After these, in total, around 1.5 years,、uh, I also got my HSK5. To admit it, not with a very high score, but still,、um, at least I had a certificate showing that I would be fluent enough in Chinese.、Uh, To talk with the taxi driver at least,、uh, and the great thing is,、uh, it is fully financed by Germany. So basically, you get、uh, at least a salary, you get the flights, and you get a room to live, and all of this is paid by the German government.、Uh, your career is、uh, quite colorful with positions in IT, project management, and several years in strategy and business development. But in the last years, you have been more focusing on financial and administrative. Management. How come? Well, when I started in the area of strategy and business development, this was an area I was really interested in, and I expected that I could learn a lot here about China, the Chinese market, and also about the business operation for the、uh, employer where I started at. But、um, after a few years, I just saw for myself that this is basically the end of my current career path, at least at the current employer. So、uh, basically, there were not many chances how I could develop myself anymore, at least not here in China for that employer. So I had really to start considering what else to do. 
I uh, was one of the lucky people who were sent to a management development program during that time, also by the same employer. And one of the things we had to do was to make some kind of plan. Um, where do we want to go? Where, where do we want to be in five years or 10 years? And uh, during that time, I came also up with the, the thought that finance might be actually an interesting area to look at, especially since I already knew from the job market that there are a lot of uh, yeah, financial positions available. So it seems to be a very attractive job market. Um, so I did not really know in which uh, direction to go, like where, where to find a, um, a fitting job. But the funny thing is just a few months after I returned from the management development program, the general manager of the factory in the same group, he contacted me and asked me if I would be interested in taking over the financial manager position there. So even from the title, it would be at first a downgrade, like I was a strategy and business development director, and then it would be a financial manager. But uh, for me, it didn't matter that much. For me, it was much more interesting to uh, yeah, change my, my professional area. So I said yes and uh, took over that position. So you just described how you came to China in a double degree program. It was a quite interesting program, Sprache and Praxis in China. Then you started working for an international company in different positions. And then your company offered you to change to finance. This is really very special for, for whatever I know in people in China. I actually don't have a lot of friends that were able to go down this road. I assume this transition was not easy and required a steep learning curve. Can you tell us how do you manage this? The most important thing when I uh, transitioned, um, I came to a team which was very experienced in their area. Most of them have been with the company and also in the area of finance for a few years. So the first thing that you have to do is to trust and also learn from your team. Basically, um, I invited each of these guys uh, at least once a week for an hour and we really went through their uh, daily tasks in a lot of details. The second thing that I did is, uh, of course, reading a lot. Um, so on the one hand, there are a lot of audit companies who regularly publish articles about different kinds of topics uh, and also important uh, information about current changes in the regulatory environment. Uh, additionally, I also read a lot about, uh, well, laws and regulation, especially um, I used that a little bit like a case study approach. So always when I had some kind of uh, issue, I did not only trust my team when solving that or trust the experts in my company, but I also tried to read more about this topic when I encountered it. And uh, it, actually, it's really interesting to have a look in the civil laws of China. I think most people did not really read these, um, but you actually find a lot of interesting information there. And at least for me as a German, uh, it is uh, pretty easy because they are surprisingly similar to the German legal framework. The next thing is uh, I did a lot myself. So, um, for example, my chief accountant, she got pregnant and uh, was leaving the company. We were hiring somebody else um, who partly replaced her, but only partly. Some other areas um, I at least partly did myself. So um, suddenly I was not only managing the team, but I was also deeply involved in the operations. This uh, model, of course, does not uh, work in, in every case. So um, if you are really leading a big department, um, this might be not possible that you do the job of everyone uh, for a while. But at least in this case, that was a very suitable approach. 
Additionally, we also built up uh, a new factory um, in another province, and uh, I was tasked with building up the finance uh, department for that factory. So that also helped me a lot to go much deeper into the different processes that we had there. Last but not least, um, I have to admit, sometimes I have a little bit of a bad memory. So um, always when I encountered a problem or a question, I started researching, as I mentioned before, but I also started documenting it for myself uh, in some kind of management summary so that I always had some kind of cheat sheet where I could afterwards check in um, if I forgot about a single topic. And at least for me, it helps to write something down. It also helps to remember it compared to only reading about it. For me, the area of finance is still very difficult to understand. And uh, I must say that I don't have any other friends apart from you that are so deep in this area. What are the biggest challenges in the area of finance and administration? Well, there are some uh, areas that at least if you have a little bit of an idea about finance and administration, that could be expected areas. So some of these expected areas could be, for example, transfer pricing. Um, transfer pricing means basically if you are buying or selling goods to related parties, like to your headquarter, um, how do you define that price so that the German but also the Chinese tax authorities are satisfied with these prices? The second one would be the German versus Chinese gap. So basically the bookkeeping rules on how certain uh, transactions are being booked at. There can be some difference between German and Chinese gap. Uh, the good thing is they are mostly not that uh, different though. Uh, budgeting and marketing market dynamics uh, is another topic. So especially here in China, it's really hard to get reliable numbers. So uh, sometimes if you ask two different sources, the numbers that you get can vary by a factor 10. So if somebody says, yeah, the value must be 10, the other one says if the factor is uh, the, the, the value must be 100. And doing a budgeting like this can be yeah, quite interesting and not really easy. The, the second part, what I just mentioned about the market dynamics, the Chinese market just develops so fast that sometimes it's really, really hard to forecast how even the next year will go. The fourth expected area would be risk control and internal control systems. Um, also things like document management. So um, really having the, the risks in your internal processes under control can be sometimes a little bit challenging, starting with things like the chop management. Um, in China, as you might know, you have the company chop and uh, also a chop for the legal representative. And basically, whoever controls these two chops has a lot of power. It, while in Germany, it is uh, people signing off documents. So it is really traceable who approved a business transaction. That might be not the case here in China. And how to safe keep these chops can be more challenging than you think. There are also some less expected areas, uh, for example, uh, that there are a lot of gray areas in the regulation with wiggle room. So um, when you have a very, very clear regulation in other countries on how to handle certain issues, that might not be the case here in China. Sometimes the laws and regulations, they are so wide and so broad that you have a lot of room for interpretation. And if you interpreted them right or not right, well, you will find that only out when you are being audited by the local authorities. Uh, cash management and treasury um, are especially challenging for international money transfers. So this depends a little bit on the area and on the bank, like area, I mean, in which area of China you are, 
because uh, obviously uh, the international money transfers are very much in the regional control of the local of the local government and how the safe the local safe interprets the rules and also how your bank interprets the rules um, but this seemingly simple topic um, actually gave me at least in the past a lot of uh, sleepless nights because uh, sometimes you should pay something but you just cannot get uh, the money out so seems to be a small issue but uh, it can be a much bigger issue than you might might think the last uh, topic would be the cooperation with authorities uh, they can be sometimes a little bit unpredictable um, they don't mean it in a in a harming way but uh, some companies get visited very often by the local government Uh, checking up on you, also asking you um, what they can do to improve the business envir environment for you. That uh, certainly is uh, a very nice thing to do and can be very helpful, but uh, sometimes you do not get a lot of warning time ahead. They just uh, tell you in the morning that they will be coming along in the afternoon, and that can make things a little bit challenging also for time planning. Now we learned a lot about your professional challenges in corporate finance in China. Can you tell us a little bit more about your personal challenges? As a manager who is some kind of interface between China and uh, Germany, um, one of the biggest challenges can be how reality is being perceived in both countries. I think it should be pretty clear that China and Germany are very different and that the needs and requirements of both countries and also both companies in the countries can be very, very different. And to somehow translate these needs and requirements in a way that the other side, uh, side can understand it, um, that uh, yeah, can be indeed some kind of, uh, of challenge. Um, a pretty small thing, but actually uh, a thing that can have a big uh, impact is the, the, the time difference. In summer and in winter, uh, we have six to seven hours of time difference between China and Germany. And sometimes it can be uh, yeah, a little bit uh, nerve-taking to wait uh, until Germany gets up um, so that you can solve a problem where you do not have much time to solve for. So this time difference can be really more challenging than you think. Not only, of course, in finance, but also due to the centralized IT help desk structure that most multinational corporations have. Um, often you have to wait until almost the end of your working day until your IT problem is being solved. And uh, yeah, this, this can make sometimes uh, things a little bit slow. While slow is actually uh, also a problem because the Chinese speed of the market, of the customers, of the regulatory environment is just tremendously different compared to, to Germany. So here um, everything is happening very, very fast. Um, I do not know if it works as fast in Germany too, but at least from my impression is mostly not. So China is just a lot quicker than uh, other countries as it seems. And the last one is not every problem is uh, really controllable. So um, sometimes you can just uh, do your best and then hope for the best and yeah, basically lean back and enjoy the ride. Um, not everything can be really tackled in a way how you might want to tackle it. Sometimes you just have to hope for the best. All the time that you're talking, I'm trying to understand why do you take this challenge? Because if you work for a multinational corporation in China, you probably always have this kind of challenges. So why even bother? Why is it, in your opinion, a good way to start a career in China in finance? 
when you are one of the few foreigners here in a localized company, then you have the opportunity in a much younger age to be involved in some really, really cool projects. Projects where you probably would not have the chance in that, uh, that early age um, if you would be working in the headquarter. So for me, um, two of these really cool projects were uh, building up a complete IoT platform for a certain type of household appliances. And that included uh, adjusting the device, that included the development of the Wi-Fi gateway of the cloud and uh, of the app, including the business models. And uh, all of this, uh, of course, I did not uh, do my myself, but uh, I was the, the program manager for this and orchestrating um, this program together with uh, the project managers of these part projects in different companies and also different countries. And this was amazingly interesting to do that. The second thing I already mentioned before, um, when building up uh, a new new factory, um, I still remember the day when I was standing there together with the, the future general manager and, uh, well, another um, colleague who would also be in finance uh, there later. The three of us were standing basically on a leveled field, and that was the core team of the future company. And just a year later... Uh, the production in this uh, new factory started. And this kind of projects, they are absolutely worth it. You can learn a lot uh, in these projects and they can also be challenging, but also a lot of fun. Uh, the second thing is, uh, I think you have a much higher opportunity for good jobs. So the, the job market in China seems to be much more tight uh, than you might expect. Uh, basically, it is always uh, the, the same few people <laughs> who are applying for the uh, same kind of, uh, of jobs. So uh, if you want to have a quick career, um, it uh, can be very helpful to start here in China. Then uh, it is also a little bit of a personality thing. So um, from my feeling, I would say that around 50% of the people who take this adventure, um, they, they really love it. Then there are around 30% of the people who maybe do not love it, but who are okay with it. And there are maybe 20% of the people who really do not like it. It is about the speed. It is about the ambiguity. It is about how unpredictable things can play out here. For some people, this can be a reason to come here, while for others, uh, it can be a reason to, well, run away from here. Uh, one thing that you should always have in mind, though, is that uh, often you have very limited career options when you're staying here in China, especially with one uh, company especially also when you start as a young professional uh, here. Um, it is quite improbable that uh, you will have a straight career from a uh, young professional to the general manager of the same company in just within a few years. So um, you should always be aware about uh, when your career path in one company ends and if you are okay with that. I mean, not everybody has to become a general manager. If you want to do that, Sure, but then you should also consider that uh, staying in the same company for too long here uh, might not be extremely helpful. Today you shared a lot of really practical advice for people who might want to join the corporate finance world in China. Do you have any more general advice for everybody? The issue is that the same title for a position um, can be very different in different companies. So um, if you are a business development manager in one company, it can be a completely different set of tasks compared to another company, despite uh, the title being the same. Uh, if you want to go into, the, uh, into a management career, then I would uh, always 
recommend that you at first should gain knowledge on methods. The expert knowledge, it can come on the way, but things like project management and process management, they can help you a lot also later in your career to get quickly into new areas and in, into new responsibilities. So uh, I really recommend um, that you try to increase your knowledge on methods. Um, one thing that I mentioned before already a little bit is roll your sleeves up and do it, uh, even if there's no immediate benefit. So um, sometimes there can be tasks that you consider as not that interesting or as uh, troubling or more fun. Um, but still, it can be very helpful later in your career if you if you did that. So it's really funny that uh, even almost 10 years later after uh, I, I did my uh, my things in the financial industry, still some topics that I did during that time are helping me today. And of course, during that time, I did not expect that this would be helping me 10 years later. And the last one I already mentioned, um, see the limitations of your current career path. So if you want to have a career, you should always consider um, is the current position and the current company, is it really the right way to reach your goal or not? You shared so many information about finance today. To me, it's very interesting. But you also wrote a book called Financial Trade and Administrative Management in China. So this is how you started writing it. Did you do this in your career? Can you share more about how, how this came to be? Yeah, basically it happened, as I mentioned before, um, because uh, I was writing down some kind of cheat sheets for myself uh, to remember key points um, with certain problems. So I basically started writing this book since I could not find an available publication which could bring me conveniently up to speed. I had to do a lot of research myself um, and uh, there was not just a single book which I could just buy and read from the beginning until the end. So uh, a book like that, I would have happily purchased it during my transition of becoming a, a manager instead of doing all of that research myself, which really took hours, or also instead of learning some things the hard way. So, Florian, who should read your book? Basically, who I had in mind were also managers and professionals holding or taking over a position in China. So, people who would need a quick crash course into a very broad area of topics without that they have the need like uh, of becoming an expert. I also had in mind corporate functions in other countries which uh, cooperate with Chinese subsidiaries, customers and suppliers, since, as I mentioned before, um, there can be a very different perception of reality and uh, very easily people just assume that their own reality and their own environment uh, is just the same in another country. And this is just simply not not the case. And uh, the third group of people I had in mind were people who are interested in the regulatory financial and business environment in China. Um, so, for example, also students. Um, while in its very short form, the idea was not that it introduces every topic to its fullest extent. It was really more the target to provide the reader with a toolkit of general understanding and evaluating important business-related topics here in China. It's uh, also a base for inspiration to choose which topics you might want to check out in more detail and includes uh, some practical hints and a description of common pitfalls that are also partly Uh, fell into myself in the past. Uh, what it is definitely not, it's definitely not a cultural guide. Um, so if you are expecting uh, on how to behave during a Chinese dinner or something like this, or that you should give out your business card with two hands, 
uh, I think there are much better books than this one. So this book is not here to help you with the culture. It is really about the rules, regulations and business environment. Florian, I must say that you are the first China flexpat that I got to know when I started my career in China. Also, you described the flexpat in your book as well. So I really want to recommend your book to our audience to have a look at this and read about this. And also, Florian, to reach out to you on LinkedIn to tackle some discussions and to find a way how you can learn from each other and especially to get more China finance directors among the China Flexpad community. Florian, thank you very much to come on the show. And Cecilie um, and Zaijian. Thank you very much. Highly appreciated. And uh, as you just mentioned, of course, uh, people can reach out to me on LinkedIn if you are interested to discuss some certain topics. So feel free to add me and uh, yeah, let's tackle some issues together. This was the China Flexpad podcast. I am Patrick. And I am Francis. We share the best advice of professionals in China to help you find a successful career path in China. Our guests tell you real-life problems and possible solutions for your professional and personal life in China. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll come back for the next episode. If you don't want to miss the next episode and enjoy more China and Korea-related content, connect with us on LinkedIn. Bye-bye. And 再见. <laughs>